Natasha Ritchie here with your daily takeaway. Um, you can always get in touch with us, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. You can always write to us. It's old school. We like it, though. But we encourage it. Uh, Absolute Radio, One Golden Square, London. Uh, and then if you go, go online to... I love how the address is never properly settled in your head. No, it hasn't. W1F9DJ. Are you certain of that? I get so many of my illicitly bought board games sent to here so my other half, Katie, can't see them. Is that how you know, how I know the postcode? Because what I'll do, the games will arrive... Oh, I'm giving it to the game away here. The games will arrive... She ain't listening to the podcast. I'll debox them, put them into my work bag... She's none the wiser, because it's the packaging, is how you get caught. That's amazing. Isn't that right? You know? I've worked here 15 years, and I honestly, at gunpoint, could not tell you the postcode of this building. Well, they've done very well to get DJ in the postcode. I don't know if that was like a... Is that a coincidence? Can you buy off Royal Mail and ask for a, like, personalised postcode? Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, people like personalised number plates. Maybe you can do the same. If you know the answer to that, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Anyway, at the end of this episode, we'll tell you why writing in to us <laughs> has been a good thing. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Can I just start by saying uh, happy birthday to my amazing dad, Nigel. Uh, best dad and granddad in the world. It's his birthday today. He's the reason I'm an Evertonian, but I still love him. <laughs> uh, so I hope he's having a good one so far. Uh, I think they're off doing something today, him and my mum, which is great. Uh, but Ni- uh, the name Nigel is is an enigma to me, because it's very much of, a, of an era, isn't it? Mm. The Nigel. The idea of a Nigel. And I, I don't know how many um, how many Nigels are out there. How, how many Nigels, do you reckon, uh, are at large in the United Kingdom right now? I don't reckon there's very many new ones. I'll put it that way. Are you saying the Nigel population is on the decline? I would imagine so. It probably is. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting to find out what the what's the youngest Nigel that's currently active right now in the UK? I was at school with a Nigel, and I don't think I've met anyone since. So that's 40... How old am I? 46 years. 46 years yeah. of not seeing any Nigels for right. ages. So, look, we thought, in honour of my dad's birthday today, uh, if you guys are up for this, let's have a Nigel hour. Uh, and this is a catch-all for anything. So, if you've got a Nigel-related story, you've met a famous Nigel, you went to school with a Nigel, or you might know someone who is, say, like, 21, but it's called Nigel. Yeah. Which would be an amazing thing. We're going to stuff them and put them into a town hall. Uh, we want to hear about it tonight on Home Time. Uh, a lot of people are asking, uh, am I only making plans for Nigel? Yes, he's having yes. a nice day out for his birthday. Thanks for that, that one. Uh, Andrew says, uh, <laughs> there are genuine Nigel conventions. Really? A Nigel convention. I'd have to get me dad down there. He'd love yeah, it. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet like-minded Nigels. Text here says, I'm a Nigel. Doesn't say who it's from. <laughs> Nigel from Rotherham has done just that. He says, when I first met my wife, uh, she wouldn't believe I was called Nigel. Why wouldn't she believe that? <laughs> I don't know. Nigels are everywhere. <laughs> uh, Deborah says, Nigel Hour, my husband has renamed our poor 13-year-old son Nigel Mansell on his team sport go-karting profile. <laughs> she adds, this can be seen nationally at an academy level. But what an honour. Well, well, yeah, Nigel Mansell's a great, you exactly. know, old-school driver, isn't he? Uh, Obviously, I know my stuff about F1. <laughs> it's your favourite sport, isn't it? I know everything it? about it. He loves it. You should hear him talk about it. Always going about it. Uh, Anne's, uh, Anne is hanging on, which is uh, curious. Who are we talking about then, Anne? Uh, my son is a Joe Nigel. Just thought you'd be interested. He's 29 years old and has the pleasure of continuing that line of name. The Nigel lineage. So yes. you named Joe, basically, if I've done the uh, the, done the family tree here well enough. You named yeah. Joe, but with Nigel as the middle name. Why did you consciously yeah. not give him, like, Nigel? He would have been Nigel Jr. Yeah, NJ. He could have been. He could have been Joe John. Um, Nigel. No, Joe John. <laughs> the options were yeah. when 
husband, Nigel, went to register his birth. The choices were Nigel or John, and he came back and said he'd called him Joe Nigel. <laughs> wait up here, wait up. So you, you didn't know what he was going to be called until they came back from the registry came office? back, yeah. Wow, that's a lot of trust in your husband. I mean, I get stuff wrong all the time when I've been told things by my other half, so... <laughs> yeah, send him out with a list and look what he comes back with. So um, is he is he Joe Nigel, is he, you know, like Billy Bob, you know, that kind of Billy Ray... No. <laughs> that would be great. Just you get yourself back here, Joe Nigel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'd love that, wouldn't he? Yeah. So, oh, amazing. Here we are. It continues into someone in their... Tw- well, yeah. 29 now. So, oh, so he's the youngest Nigel there. we've heard about uh, on the show this oh, evening. really? Yeah. Oh, well, well, there we are. Is he one, though? We were- is it, I think yeah. he is. Well, he's got Nigel in that name. It's, yeah. it's, it's got a country yeah. vibe, but it still works. <laughs> wow. Hey. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Chris says, uh, Bush and Richie, my mate Nigel works on the King Harry Ferry on the Roseland Peninsula in Cornwall. He's full of beans once he's had a cider and he's always up to something. And he adds, Nigel's are alive and well down on the southwest coast. Good to hear it. Uh, Katie's emailed from Oldham. Lads, just want to share this for Nigel Hour. I have a cat who we originally thought was a boy. I called him Nigel. I later discovered Nigel was actually a girl. Oh. Tried to think of another name, but nothing suited. So I went with Nigella, but I always call her Nige. Love that. It's a good little insight into what goes on in their flat. Uh, I believe we've got a Nigel on the line right now to speak to us. Is that right? It is a Nigel, yeah. An official Nigel. Where are you right now, Nigel, and what are you doing? I am on a roof on a conservatory in Nelsie, nailing tiles down. What a place to be. Yeah, lovely. Uh, How many other Nigels do you know, Nigel? Me? Yeah. Just me. You're the only Nigel in the the, uh, Bristol kind of area that you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm unique. Okay, and then you're, uh, you know, you're you're on a roof there, of course. I mean, how old are you, if you don't mind us asking? I am sixty next May. Okay, and is your is your tiling slowing down as you get to an advanced age, or are you still going strong? Still going strong. Yeah, slow down a little bit. Still going strong. Is it safe to talk to somebody on the roof of a house while they're tiling? Uh, probably not. But it's like strange ways, but with great music here on home time this evening. <laughs> One for the kids. One for the kids. Uh, and that, when's your birthday then, Nigel? Just to celebrate the whole birthday thing for my dad. Twenty eighth of May. Brilliant. And you can do something nice. Uh, don't know yet. Holiday, hopefully. Good lads. Well, nice to speak to you, and uh, good to have a Nigel on the show. Yeah, nice to speak to you guys. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Now, am I the only person who, if they go in a supermarket that is not the one that they normally go in to do their big shop, gets well and truly lost? In a bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, I did that earlier today. Uh, I normally have, uh, in fairness, two supermarkets of choice locally that I would go to. They're just the closest to home. One's got big car park, one hasn't. Just depends whether I've got the car or not as to which one I go in. Depends where you are. Not a very interesting part of the story. But I went to a different town today to go to the supermarket, which is still not interesting, but I got completely and utterly lost because I didn't know what was going on in the supermarket. Where I thought a certain aisle should be is not where they put it. For example, the furthest aisle, the furthest aisle from the entrance 
was the bread aisle. Why does anyone do that? I'd say that's normally one of the first couple of aisles you come to in a supermarket. So did you turn up at what you thought was the bread aisle and it was just like cleaning products or something? I kept on looking for the bread aisle because bread is something that goes in my trolley early on in the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was having to go to the entire end of the supermarket to put me bread in and then go back to the other aisles because I shop in a very certain way. I can imagine. So I then started thinking to myself, right, and I'm not, I, I'm not anti-competition, all the big supermarkets, they can all still exist. Uh-huh. That's fine. But I want the interior of supermarkets to be standardised. So you know what you're going to get and it's the same kind of roadmap in every shop. Exactly. Thing. I would expect to walk in and you've got your, your fruit and veg to begin with. Then move on to your dairy products and your mm-hmm. milk and all that kind of thing. Yep. Then you can have your bread and your rolls and your baps and your crumpets and your muffins and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Then I'd have some preserves, you know, your champs and your marmites and your spreads, that kind of thing. Then I'd move on to... Uh, Sally, are you doing all of the products? <laughs> in this example? I probably could, <laughs> okay, it's but good. I don't think that would make very interesting radio. But it did make me think, I think we should standardise supermarkets. You do have a point. I mean, I, I, I get very frustrated even within different, you know, same supermarket, different area, where they put the eggs. Yes. Why, 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 are the, why is egg placement in supermarkets so slapped? Sometimes it's like as soon as you walk in, sometimes it's tucked away in the corner. I'm fighting saying this because I'm aware it's really boring, but the eggs were right by the bread and they should be in the middle of the supermarket in this one I went to today. Well, I think at the very least the eggs should be next to that weird section that I never stop at where you make cakes. What I'm pleased about is we're in agreement that supermarkets should be standardised. Change needs to happen. There's probably other things as well, right? There's a YouGov poll coming out of this. (laughs) I think there is. Have a think. (laughs) What other things in life should be standardised just to make it easy for us? Uh, Margaret says if you buy bread first, it will get squashed. Uh, Kirsty says, uh, always go for bread and eggs last so they don't get squashed or broken. And then that's just a, a sample of some of the people are <laughs> hurling that at you. What's your, what's your take on that? Part of the standardisation process is everyone begin. Everyone gets to a stage where they will agree and then it's fine and then we all know what we're doing. This is a consultation. Exactly. What other things in life need to be standardised? Nick says, trains. Normal passengers on coaches one to seven. Oh, yeah. People who want to use iPhone headphones, put feet on seats, eat McDonald's or play videos out loud. Coach eight. Scumbag section. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Martin is suggesting cost of coffee machines. He says, I can go in a garage near me and get a coffee, but if I go half a mile down the road, I can get it 20p cheaper, and it's a better machine where you can add caramel and stuff. Do you know what I hate about those machines as well? Uh, I don't know anyone else gets this, but why do you have to take the little receipt to the actual till? I always go and try and pay with the cup. Now this is the interesting thing. Why don't they just look at your cup and say, oh, well, that's what that is? Because Martin's point is valid, because some of them, you're, you, you're, you're right, you've got to take the receipt to Take the little receipt. But others, just, just go and take the box and they'll, they'll do it. Let's standardise it. Uh, one other thing I'd like to say about standardisation, uh, and this needs to happen sooner rather than later, uh, is taxi van doors. <laughs> so if you ever got in a taxi before, and like most of the time, for years and years, you had to be the one that had to put your elbow grease into it and slide that door <laughs> closed. And, you, and, you, and it, it was embarrassing if you couldn't get it closed. Yeah. But one in every ten taxis you get in, you try and do the whole big pull the door thing, and the fella nearly has a thrommy. <laughs> Because it's an electric door. And he's like, no, don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> I've got a button for that. Got a button for that. Don't touch that. <laughs> Break it. <laughs> so I, just standardise them. I've been in taxis with you where you've tried to shut an automated oh, door. They hate it, don't <laughs> they? They really do. It's a livelihood. Uh, Alan's hanging on. What are you looking to standardise? Electric window buttons in a car. 
OK, now, before Alan gets into his theory on standardisation here, I don't know about you, Richie, I've never really had a problem with electric window buttons in cars. It's like, seen there's been an issue. The only thing, and once again, we don't know exactly what Alan's problem is and we're going to ask him in but seconds, I'm wondering whether it's on location, because sometimes they'll be on the door, sometimes they'll be by the handbrake. Alan? Exactly that. Yes! Get in. And where would you want the optimised position to be for an electric window button? Because I've got a, a strong opinion. Uh, on the right-hand side, on the armrest. Correct. OK, so what you, you, you get in certain cars then and you're flicking what you think's the button and, and it's actually nothing to do with that? And I get in my partner's car and the roof's coming off. <laughs> <laughs> Standardise it. It's the only way to sort it out, isn't it? You're my kind of guy, Alan. Thank you very much, Richie. Slightly uh, suspect <laughs> at the end there. <laughs> We're going to meet up in a minute. Uh, good to speak to you, fella. Bye-bye. Bye. Karen says, light bulbs, one fitting, no bayonet, screw thin ones, big ones. Then I wouldn't have to return so many to customer services. What is your favourite uh, light bulb fitting style? Do you I prefer... like a bayonet. I do like a bayonet I as well. I like the reassuring clunk. I heard that rumour. I tell you what else is like, I like as well, I like, I, although I do prefer the bayonet. I do like the unscrewing of the screw ones because it makes you feel like you're cracking a safe. Uh, bayonet or screw fit, do let us know. Uh, Zoe says, I think crisp packet colours for flavours should be standardised. Don't quite know what she's getting out there. Uh, Sarah, what are you looking to standardise? So, basically, women's clothing. You'd like to standardise women's clothing? Yeah, so it's the sizing. You're going to have to explain to us. We're a couple of uh, okay. cavemen here. <laughs> okay. So, if a man needs a pair of jeans... And he's got a 32 waist and a 34 leg. I dream. That's all he needs to know. <laughs> and every pair of jeans will fit him. Right. However, if a woman is a size 10, she will probably have a size 8, 10, 12 or 14 size jean in her wardrobe because they're not the same. So uh, is it the case then in terms of women's clothes, uh, what's a size 10 in one shop might be a size 12 in a different shop, etc., etc.? Yes. yes. Very much so. You see, I think when you when you boil things down like this, clothing's not helped us just in society, has it? Are you, are you advocating well, the removal of clothing in general? No, I'm okay, suggesting no, all no, of us just no. wear smocks. Just a smock? Yeah, one of those. That'll be fine. We can all look the same in a smock. I love exactly. it. Exactly. And then we're not comparing each other. We're not feeling bad about each other. We're not looking at Instagram posts going, look at his smock. Look at how she wears her smock. Because we're all just wearing a smock. You don't have to get smocks taken up because you've got the leg measurement <laughs> exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. There you go. We sorted someone out. Yeah. Cheers, Sarah. Good to talk. Thank you. Uh, Adrian wants to standardise bin bags. Says they've yes. all got to be 100 litres. All must be yellow drawstrings. I, I don't even want to know the literage. I don't care how much water you can put in there. Just make them one size. Right, Tom. Hanging on with another thing in life that needs to be standardised. What is it, Tom? Gear stick locations on manual cars. <laughs> this has obviously been irking you for a while. Explain why it's such a nightmare for you. Well, so in my first car, which was a Fiesta... Well, the first three cars were actually Fiestas. The gear reverse was always on was always on the bottom right. Right. Well, the back right of the gear stick. But yeah. now I move. Out, but now I've got a Mercedes, oh. and it's at the back left. Oh, right. So okay. Where, so where I'm expecting reverse to be, that's actually sixth gear. Absolute so nightmare. Where where would you like reverse to be overall in this standardisation? Honestly, I don't mind. I mean, personally, I'm personally I'm used to the back right, but. I think intuitively, for a driver in the UK, back uh, back right or down and right... Down and right. That's where I'd want to 
get into reverse. I'm trying to do reverse yeah. now, and because yeah. my my gear stick, you push it down, but I don't know where I go with it from there. I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to do something with it. I don't know where it goes. I'm off somewhere else. Yours, you push down, but with mine, I've got to lift it up. Well, they, well, they standardised that as well while we're at it. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we've stumbled across one of the biggest problems in everyday life. As he said, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> exactly. This is The Daily Takeaway. It's gone six o'clock on a Tuesday night. It's time for the return of our little feature that we like to call Mind Blown. Uh, we are after from you a hack, a tip, a trick, or a game changer that is going to literally blow our minds. Last week, if you remember, we had that lady calling about lighting candles with spaghetti. Who'd yes. have thought it? Uh, a fantastic idea for a, uh, a DIY splint, really, isn't it? I've never heard of anything like it, and it literally blew our minds. Uh, Rachel's hanging on with uh, some kind of mathematical formula that's going <laughs> to blow our minds. Here we go. Uh, it's uh, a, a real strong point of ours. Uh, Rachel, what is it then? Well, I've just seen it, so if you're born... Your birthday, you've already had your birthday this year. Yeah. So you you add your age to the year you were born and everyone everyone will get 2023. Add your age to the year you were born and it would end up as, as 2023. Oh, yeah, I've already had your birthday this year. Right, I've got a calculator here. Do it, do okay. it. Okay, so... So, I'm 46. So am I, so we should, this, this should be the same thing. So okay. So, 46 plus, we were both born in 1977 then, yeah? Yeah, so it e- should come to 2023. Wow, Whoa. that is witchcraft. Bush, let's try with you. Uh, I am 47, and I was born uh, in... 1975. 1975. Uh... Oh, unless I'm 48, no. How old are you? I haven't had my birthday yet. Oh. I haven't had my birthday yeah, yet. I haven't had my birthday yet. So, that's a good point. So what are you then? I'm, 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 I'm 47, but right. I, haven't, I haven't had my birthday yet, so the, the thing doesn't work. Oh. You've got to have already had your birthday. I get shit now, right. But uh, where do you hear this? This is witchcraft. Yeah, I've just seen it on social media. So me and my husband have been trying it with the kids' birthday and our birthdays, and it just we were just like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's that, weird. That is actually amazing. What an amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. Should we try it with our producer, Adem? Adem, have you had your birthday so far? Yeah, I'm 34. He's 34. Ad, what year were you born? 1989. 1989. <laughs> 2023! Whoa! Yeah, this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, Griff has texted to say, so you take the year you were born and add your age and it equals the year we are in. How is that not bloody obvious? <laughs> it's Col- still, I still feel kind of bowed, bowed over by it. Colin in Suffolk says, is this the stupidest thing I've ever heard? Of course your age plus the year you were born <laughs> equals 2023. Uh, it, um... it, it blew our minds. Guys, come on, this is just maths. Add the age next year to the year you were born and you'll get 2024. Okay, so have we ruined our own feature? (laughs) (laughs) It depends whether people get in touch with other things that's blown their minds. This is the Daily Takeaway. So that's almost it, as you can see, from the time running out on your uh, podcast device. Uh, This is nearly done. However, we've had a letter. Where's the package? From Jeannie, who says, I know you like a little toffee fee. Have you tried these? Thanks for a great show. Keep it up. Frightening letter. To I was be just going to say, right? Because <laughs> I've, I've had one. We've had one. And we're going to yeah. have more in a minute. But um, I didn't realise if I'd have seen that they'd come with what is quite clearly a ransom note, I wouldn't have eaten them. Let me describe how Jeannie's written this, all right? Know you like a little toffee fee. Have you tried these? Is written in 
silver glitter pen, the kind of thing that you'd shake up with a ball bearing in and maybe do, like, some Christmas decorations <laughs> with. But then around the silver writing, each word is a different biro. So it's like a rainbow of writing. It's... And then at the bottom, just a standard biro, thanks for a great show, keep it up, Genie. Is it, uh, was that programme, is it Mindhunter, where they look at all the different serial killers? There's something in there. But that's not to say that we're not grateful we, for yeah. these. They are, they are nice, they, they are good, white chocolate. White chocolate to Fifi. Um, There's quite a few missing at the start when I went into the box, so is that, is that part of the, the, the strangeness of, of the, the parcel itself? Or? Well, Genie must have sent it sealed. Okay. Uh, and at the beginning, you're quite right, there were four missing. Four, and there's not even that many in the box. In the Fifteen pack. in the box. Wow. So that is, by my maths, that's nearly a quarter of the box gone. How could they have, how could they have disappeared? Sent to Bush and Ritchie, the home time show. That's weird. It'd be awful if someone's intercepting our mail and eating our stuff, wouldn't it? Mm. Eating our bits and bobs. Adem? Producer Adem? Not me, mate. Okay, fair enough. I'm not ready for the episode to be over yet. Let's just look. <laughs> Put more pressure. Well, sometimes... Like, well, that didn't take long. Oh, there he is. Sometimes you've just got to have quality control check, haven't you? I like mean, this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 